Kiora, this program is brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Wellington Access Radio, make your voice heard. Stories on Wellington Access Radio 106.1 FM. I'm Christine, and with us in the studio today we have Laura. Hello, I am the co-host. Uh, I'm going to jump right into the second interview of the day. That I loved hearing from Good Bitches Baking, Christine. Thank you so much for bringing them in. Weren't they wonderful? They were so cool. Such a I great story. Them. If you're listening to the podcast, go find that podcast in your podcast feed. Listen to that. And then come back and listen to this about about compost. Uh, um, having a working compost operation is an awesome way to reduce your household rubbish and to make nice soil to feed your garden. But if you're in a flat or you've never done it before, you might need a little advice to get started. Like uh, me. Like Christine. She is in this very situation. So we have Nina Atkinson from Sustainability Trust here to give us the scoop on compost. <laughs> Kia ora. Kia ora. Welcome. Thank you. Little I hope gal- everyone out there knows that we're going to talk absolute rot for the next wee while. Hey. <laughs> we're killing it with the compost puns. <laughs> um, so first, how do you know so much about compost? Oh, well, um, I have to say I'm a recent convert to compost. Ooh. Probably like many people listening to this show, a lot of my life has been my experience with compost has been it's a sludgy, smelly thing that I don't really want to deal with. I'm moving between flats. It's hard to get a garden going. Lots of problems. Mostly ignored it. Mm-hmm. But um, I've been on a journey with the Sustainability Trust of learning how to do compost well. And I'm really excited to share some of that with everyone. Cool. Okay, so let's get straight into it. Well, a first... Uh, you need to have a place for your compost mm. or like what 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 kind of place do you need to make it work? Yeah. Well, one thing that I um, really want to say from the start is no matter what kind of place you're living in, there's a way to sustainably deal with your food scraps. So even if you don't have a garden um, or even if your garden's really small, you don't feel like you have space for a big sort of outdoor bin, then there's options for you. And I'll go into a few of those um, if you'd like. So... Cool. If you do have a garden, then um, you want to pick a spot in your garden. And I think it's really good in this case to think about, you know, I think it's good with compost to just know yourself and know that you're going to do what's easiest. So you don't want it to be too far away. Mm -hmm. You don't want to hide it back up somewhere, up a slippery path that you're never going to go to in winter. But you also want to put it somewhere where the smell isn't going to bother you. So finding a bit of a balance between those two things is really good. Mm -hmm. And ideally somewhere sheltered and ideally somewhere that it's not going to waft over and bother your neighbours as well. Yeah, yeah. And if you spend a lot of time in the garden, then thinking about like where in your garden you hang out. So you're not putting it right next to like your outdoor table or something like that. Completely. Yeah. So that's the main things to think about. And then, yeah, getting your bin set up. So I think if you're flatting a really good easy option is just to buy one of those black bins which you can get from the warehouse or Bunnings for just about $50. Mm -hmm. Um, Spread that amongst your flatmates. Um, (laughs) And yeah, if you want to, you can also look online on the Sustainability Trust website for advice on how to build your own one out of um, recycled pallets. Neat. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, that's great. So if once you've got your spot worked out of where you can put your food scraps, I guess, um, where do you start with your compost? What do you start collecting and, mm-hmm. and um, what do you need to do to kick it off? Cool. Yeah, well, um, one thing that's good to remember when you're starting it off is that you want it to ideally be a little bit raised off the ground um, because it can basically help get air into your compost, which is a thing that is really easy to forget about. So if you can put it like on a wooden pallet or like on some bricks with some netting across it or something like that, that's really good. Hmm. Um, Or the other thing I guess to remember is at least just put it over dirt, not on concrete, because you want all the little microorganisms in the dirt to come up into your compost and get composting. Ah, interesting. So um, I've, I've heard you can put a bunch of sticks on the bottom. Is that like a pretty good alternative to a pallet? Yeah, yep, that's a um, that's a nice easy option. And that also, yeah, does the same job of just like keeping some air around the bottom of your compost. Neat. So um, yeah, basically if you think of it from that point on as like making a layer cake. So you want to add things in in layers. And the really simple way to think about that is adding about equal volumes of green stuff and brown stuff. And um, again, if you're just going to forget this right away, you can go onto our website and look up the list of this. But the good way to remember green stuff is like, it's wet, it's usually smelly, it's slimy, it's like all of your usual sort of kitchen food waste. Mm -hmm. And it's high in nitrogen. And then brown matter is basically stuff that's like twiggy, dry, usually brown, usually kind of dusty, doesn't really smell mm-hmm. and you want to add about equal things of green and brown in layers in your compost to get really nice compost. I think what happens to a lot of people like what happened to me is you think oh I'll just put food scraps in forever mm-hmm. and what happens then is you've got heaps of um, basically green matter or nitrogen rich matter mm-hmm. and no carbon rich matter and nothing sort of fluffing it up and keeping air in it. And it turns into a sludgy, smelly mess. And I'm going to tell you now, compost does not have to be like that. (laughs) (laughs) Ideally, compost actually comes out as like delicious, rich dirt that's kind of the texture of like a crumbly chocolate cake. And it's way more pleasant to deal with. And the other good reason to think about that is if you're just putting food scraps in without the brown matter, then what's actually happening is that the nutrients, instead of sort of composting and becoming nice stuff for your soil actually get turned into gases like methane and um, contribute to greenhouse gas pollution Ah. the same way that they would in the landfill. So if we're thinking of composting as like one great way to sustainably deal with our food scraps and to put nutrients back into our soil, then we want to try and get that right and get some brown matter into our compost. Okay, so... uh could I is brown could brown brown matter be bits of newspaper or yeah. like cardboard or things that aren't necessarily coming out of my kitchen but that I want to divert from landfill? Totally. So um some great yeah, that's some great examples. So newspaper and um newspaper's biodegradable ink on it, so you can feel really safe about that. Um cardboard, with that I would avoid too much printed cardboard. Um so nice brown cardboard or egg cartons. Um, dry leaves or bark Um, so even just like if you're out for a walk around the town belt scoop up a bag of dry leaves put it next to your compost and then just throw a handful in with every handful of food waste 
Um, and one really cool trick that I've just discovered is that coffee roasters around Wellington have a waste product, which is coffee husks, which is also like a brown matter thing. And so you can go to them, get their this like waste stream off them for free and divert it from going to the landfill. And so I've got a sack of coffee chaff, like the husks of roasted coffee beans next to my compost. And every time I, we put the food scraps in, we put some coffee husks in as well. And that keeps the balance of the compost really good. That's awesome. Um, and what's some other things? Yeah, like twigs and sticks if they're small, um, untreated sawdust, um, wood ash. That's all like brown matter stuff. Awesome. Um, I guess just when you're thinking about like putting garden waste in there, if you think about the decomposition process, the smaller something is, the faster it's going to break up. So um, if you want to put huge things in there, just be aware that it might take like a lot of months to break down. So the smaller it is, the faster you're going to get some nice compost out. Now, is there anything that I have to be careful not to include in my compost? Because it'll just ruin everything. (laughs) Um, Cat and dog poo. Um, human poo, all of those carry diseases ah, or can carry diseases. Sure. Um, it's good to avoid meat and fish. Mm. Um, you can, if you want to get really hardcore, you can um, like take bones, collect them, burn them in a bonfire and then put the ash into your compost, hmm. but that's like for the really hardcore composters out there. Yeah. Is it is the no meat, is it because of the disease issue again? You're adding sort of the wrong uh, um, bugs to the soil and it becomes gross. I'm not an expert on this, I've got to say, but my understanding is the main problem is that it attracts rats and other pests. And particularly if we're trying to do composting in a way that, you know, doesn't hurt the environment, the more we can think about keeping it pest free, the better as well. Okay, absolutely. Um, and some other things you put, shouldn't put in is like really invasive weeds. So if you want to put invasive weeds in, you can like leave them out in a plastic bag in the sun for a few weeks or a few months until they're totally dead and then put them in and they'll be nice and brown and crispy and some nice brown matter for you. Right. Um, or you can soak them in water for a few weeks until they're totally dead and then put them in. Um, if you know that your plant has a disease, it's good not to put it in there because that will continue the disease through your soil Mm. Um, and then I think I guess the last things that you want to think about are things that either will be really hard to break down or things that might affect your health so some of those are um, obviously not putting non-organics in so no tin or glass or plastics Um, glossy magazines have a coating on them that make them hard to break down Um, bamboo flax and cabbage tree leaves all take a really long time to break down and are just going to turn your compost into like a stringy mess. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, I think the one that we've been learning a lot about at the Trust is um, the so-called compostable packaging. Right. um, Which has become a lot more popular over the last few years. So this is like I get my takeaway coffee cup and it says compostable on the top, on the lid. Um, yeah. Should I chuck that in my home compost? Uh, no. So unfortunately, um, what we've been finding and what, um, you know, Wellington composting facilities at an industrial level have been finding is that um, either those compostable materials just don't compost fast enough, um, even in industrial composting facilities, let alone home composting, and they add almost no nutrients in. So... 
when it comes to compostable packaging, um, it really is better to just straight up reduce what you're using in terms of waste mm-hmm. and not think of compostable packaging as an amazing solution. Um, some packaging does say now say home compostable, which means it should break down in your home compost. But if it doesn't say that, then it's normally not going to be a good option. Um, the exceptions to that, I guess, are when like it's obviously made out of um, like wood or you know like chopsticks or things like that, mm. where it's obviously just a natural material, um, and like brown napkins. And okay. the last thing I'd say about what you're looking out for is bleached paper or items. So if you think um, basically anything that's pure white, like paper, toilet paper, paper towels, napkins, they're that colour because they're bleached. And if you put them into the compost, you will be putting those um, substances into your soil. Mm. So go for the natural ones, go for the brown ones and avoid um, those products where you can. Great. How do I know when it's ready and I can scoop it out and um, use it to feed my vegetable garden in the spring? Nice. Um, Like I said, when it's done, it should look like nice, crumbly, brown chocolate cake mix. Um, So it shouldn't be too sludgy. And what you can do is check the bottom of your pile. And if you find you're getting some really good compost in there, you can pick your whole compost bin up, take the whole thing off put the fresh compost back into the bin and then use the nice compost at the bottom. That's on the bottom, right? Because it will sort of be decomposing gradually as you put it in. Is there like a is there a, a, a part where I have to dig it? Like, do I have to go out every weekend and turn my compost? Or? Um, it's kind of up to you. Basically, the four key ingredients for compost are green matter and brown matter, which we talked about, and then air and water. So that's all of the things that um, make the decomposing process go well. Um, the more that you look after all of those things to be in a good balance, the faster it will decompose. But if you also just want to not think about it a great deal, it will still probably be okay. It will just happen a lot more slowly. Okay. So there is a thing called hot composting where you do sort of go out almost like every day and turn over your compost. And what that means is that the little microorganisms get heaps of oxygen, they um, multiply and um, process stuff really fast and you get good compost really fast. So if you want like the free gym membership option, hot (laughs) composting is for you. (laughs) If you want the like chuck it in and ignore it, then um, basically it's like it's good to give it some air and particularly if it's getting smelly, turn it, um, that will help. Um, But you can do a lot lower effort options as well. Great. Sounds simple. Yeah. Can we go through some options for someone in an apartment like Christine? <laughs> or what, what can they do to deal with their food waste? Cool. Yeah. So I think the first step for anyone is thinking about what system is going to work for them. And mm-hmm. that might be what space you've got available or like how much energy you've got or how much waste you produce. Um, So (laughs) if you've got um, just food waste and you're in an apartment, what I would actually recommend is a bokashi bin, which is basically um, a two-bucket system. You can buy one from us or somewhere else or make your own out of buckets. Um, 
and you add in a special kind of sawdust to it and it basically like pickles your food waste mm. and it can be dug straight into the ground. The, um, you do have to find somewhere you can dig it in, so whether that's like a neighbour or a friend's garden nearby um, or you've asked a community garden if you can dig it in somewhere, it does really enrich the soil and it's great, but you need somewhere to put it. Um, but it's totally sealed and it doesn't smell, so it's a really nice option for people who only have indoor space. Do cool. they come in different sizes, or how big are they? Um, they, I think they come in one standard size if you're buying them, but um, if you're making your own, I guess it just depends what size buckets you want to get. And a lot of people also have two because they have to stand for a few weeks, so then you've got like a rotating system. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, if you want to have an outdoor compost, then like I said, it basically depends how much um, effort you put into... Um, balancing things and aerating it it will either be what we call a cold compost or a hot compost and a lot of people just have like a somewhere in between compost Um, and that's just one in a bin where you're sort of layering different materials and it's got some garden material and some food waste Mm -hmm. Um, I should say that bokashi is just for food waste so not good if you're sort of producing garden stuff Um, Some other options are a worm farm, so that's a pretty cool option. Um, It creates, like, really nice fertiliser in the form of worm casts and worm juice, which is, like, a great liquid fertiliser for your garden when diluted. Um, And it's like having pets. And it's like having pets, (laughs) which I think is great, but I guess is also, like, a downside because you have to look after them. Right. So if you're thinking about that option and you, like, go away for weeks at a time, then you need to think about the wee worms. Ah, because you'll need to be feeding them. Yep. Or they'll or they'll not make it. Yep. Okay. Interesting. Um and the the last sort of at home solution I'll mention is the book oh sorry, the tumbler, which is like a big barrel that you turn every day and it makes really nice compost really fast. Um for someone who can't actually compost at home, um I've got a few other options to suggest. So you can actually get your compost picked up by an awesome company called KaiCycle. Of course. Um, friend of the friend of the show. Friend of the show, very good. KaiCycle. Yeah, and they will take your compost um, to their community garden, compost it, and turn it into awesome um, vegetables, which is great. Um, if you live in Mount Victoria, you can actually take your compost to innermost gardens um, and just drop it off there. I haven't checked with other community gardens, but if you're within walking range of a community garden, that could be a good thing to check. Neat. I've discovered a really cool site recently called Share Waste, which is a website where you can say either I will accept compost at my address, like I will accept food waste, or I want to give my food waste to someone with a compost bin, and you can like link up with people in your neighbourhood. So that's called Share Waste. Wow. Um, there's some really good resources on the Compost Collective website, which is like an Auckland-based one, but really cool. And then just in terms of reducing your food waste in general, I'd recommend looking up Love Food, Hate Waste, the website. Awesome tips and advice. Thank you. This is going to improve my composting, and it's going to give Christine a solution in her apartment building. Nice. It is. Thank you so much. Nina, thanks for joining us. Pleasure. That's us. See you next week.
That program is brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. Thanks, New Zealand On Air, for funding the Access Internet Radio Project.